Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Mark Levin, our number is 877 You know, uh, I'm going to address this fairly concisely. The shooting uh, in Minnesota of the black young man uh, by the police officer, the female police officer. It's all caught on video. It's nothing like the George Floyd case. It's nothing like the George Floyd case. She screwed up. Big time. And as soon as she screwed up, she knew what she did. She killed somebody. She thought she was reaching for her taser. Instead, she pulled out her pistol. And... In a horrific tragedy. A horrific tragedy. What am I supposed to do? Sit here and defend the riots? And and defend the violence? And start trashing police officers all over the country? I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do that at all. People who are now rioting, looting, burning need to be rounded up and sent to prison for a long, long time. For a long time. That video will probably result in the firing of the officer, but will also result, most likely, if she's charged with anything, in her being proven not guilty of anything. I doubt she'll be charged of anything. Because the video demonstrates exactly what it was. A horrific tragedy. 
And the body cam, you've all seen it. You saw the George Floyd, and now you've seen this. Let's just listen to that 15 seconds. Hat tip daily, caller cut one, go. O.S. I shot him. O.S. Now, this wasn't just a normal traffic stop either. He had a... It was a warrant, wasn't it, Mr. Uh, Producer? For having a, an unlicensed uh, pistol or something to that effect. So they knew that. But there you have it. Something horrific happened. It was clearly an accident. That's what the video shows. I don't want to hear about systemic racism or all the rest of it. I don't want to hear about it. Because it has nothing to do with that whatsoever. Now there's something else that's been brewing out there. And I have to speak to this as well, being Jewish as I am. Tucker Carlson, I believe it was on Friday was highly critical of the illegal alien fiasco, chaos on the southern border, as I have been. And uh, one of the things he indicated was that the, the Democrats, the left, are trying to, in effect, change the demographics in this country. Change the demographics in this country. Talking about replacing citizens with illegal aliens, and so forth. And so the head of the Anti-Defamation League, who is a leftist, who uh, served on the Obama White House staff, who was a disastrous appointee to that position, accused Tucker Carlson, essentially, of either being a white supremacist or repeating far-right white supremacist language and called for his immediate removal by Fox News. Immediate removal. So I feel compelled, and he's not the only one. There's another group that came out too, so the piling on has started. I don't know Tucker well. But I know a sleazy CEO at the Anti-Defamation League when I see one. What Tucker Carlson said about the Democrats trying to influence the demographics in this country so that they can create more Democrat voters is a fact. Is a fact. And if Mr. Anti-Defamation League is worried about anti-Semitism, he should have looked at his former boss, Barack Obama, and the men he surrounded him with. Khalidi among others. The most anti-Israel president in the history of the state of Israel. And I accused Obama at the time of being an anti-Semite more than once, and I still believe he is. The fact that secular Jews, or self-hating Jews, in my humble opinion, back people who are hostile to the state of Israel and hostile to the Jewish community is, is, a, is a problem. Like the mayor of New York 
targeting Orthodox Jews in Brooklyn. Like the governor of New York, targeting Orthodox Jews in Brooklyn. While Black Lives Matter and Antifa and other Marxist organizations are marching around without masks, attacking cops, attacking innocent civilians, burning, looting, while the Orthodox Jews are trying to have funerals and weddings and and celebrate various holidays, that should tell you all you need to know. And so immediately this this buffoon, this lowlife, Brian Stelter, brings this clown, Greenblatt, on his program, where he further smears Tucker Carlson. And so they try to bring all these parallels up that aren't parallels at all. They aren't parallels at all. That Carlson's comments echo uh, the great replacement of the largely white populations in the Western countries with non-white immigrants. You know, it's an amazing thing. The Democrats, Obama used to say this and others, Biden too, that by 2044 or thereabouts, white people will be the minority, whereas minorities will be in the majority collectively. They're the ones who keep talking about this. There is no rational explanation for what's going on in the southern border, except for the fact that the Democrats want more and more people to come into this country, eventually give them amnesty, legalization, citizenship, because I can assure you, if people coming into this country were voting two-thirds or three-fourths Republican, they would be the first to have a wall, the widest, tallest wall on the face of the earth. Now, Tucker Carlson's not talking about a replacement theory. A white supremacist tenet, we're told, that the white race is in danger by a rising tide of nine watts, writes Greenblatt. What we're talking about, Greenblatt, you left-wing kook, is what you're doing. Is what you are doing. And if people actually point it out, if people actually mention it, then they must be part of the Klan. They must be part of the neo-Nazi movement. Or they're just part of the systemically white racist movement. The vast majority of the American people oppose what's going on on the southern border today, including the vast majority of minorities, including the vast majority of Latino Americans living in these communities including one of the congressmen who represents one of these communities. Greenblatt doesn't live down there. His ass is in New York. And that's a fact. Our immigration laws are being violated. What's going on on the southern border is inhumane at the hands of Joe Biden and his party. Little girls are being raped. Drug kingpins are making a fortune. We've got more fentanyl crossing the border than any time in our history. Greenblatt doesn't talk about any of that because it is Biden and the Democrat Party who are mistreating brown people. It is they who are doing it. And it's Biden with his early racist past in the 1970s. So they, they try to, uh, you see, they try to do their Alinsky tactics on a guy like Carlson. Because they truly are of that mindset, this neo-Marxist mindset I've been talking about. 
target somebody, personalize it. And that's exactly what they're trying to do. How dare you speak up about what's going on on the southern border? How dare you speak up about what the Democrats are doing and what the media are doing? Brian Stelter never moved his fat ass to the south border, southern border, to see what's going on. He would never, never get out of a cafe in Manhattan to see what's going on. Everybody knows Tucker Carlson is no Klansman or white supremacist or neo-Nazi. So you see the viciousness of the hard left. And I am calling on the, the Anti-Defamation League to fire Jonathan Greenblatt. He's brought his left-wing kook Obama politics to the Anti-Defamation League. He's undermining their job, which is to call out true anti-Semitism. Not as some free-wheeling commentator for CNN and MSNBC. Absolutely outrageous. Meanwhile, Joe Biden... Actually, he doesn't even care what the hell's going on on the southern border. But this is what they do on the left, you see. President of the United States, the most pro-Israel president since Israel's been in existence. Jewish uh, daughter, son-in-law, and grandchildren. And they paint him to be an anti-Semite. Who do you think this jerk voted for? Biden. And Biden has actually surrounded himself with anti-Semites. Biden's policies with Iran and the Palestinians are all anti-Israel. He's got one kook after another advising him. But this jerk, Greenblatt, doesn't say a word about that because they're his friends. This jerk, Greenblatt, sits on his mouth while the Iranians are running wild, getting support from the United States through the back door. This jerk says nothing while the Palestinians are going to get money without any obligation to not use it for terrorism. Now, it's Greenblatt who needs to resign. Greenblatt. And what's this other group? Hold on here. Let me. There's so many left-wing groups. Let's see. What's this other group here? Uh, let's see. Give me a second. Oh, then we get a write-up from the intelligencer. The National uh, New York Magazine, another crap left-wing uh, magazine. Jonathan Chiet, or Chiet, another a-hole, quite frankly. When Nazis marched in Charlottesville in 2017, they chanted, you will not replace us. And some are more clarifying, Jews will not replace us. The terrorists who gunned down, and he goes on. So in other words, Tucker Carlson is like the Nazis. And the Klansmen's in Charlotte. Now, this creep, Jonathan Chayette, knows that's not true. There's not any evidence whatsoever in Carlson's background. Nothing. Nothing. But this guy's a punk. He never speaks up against the anti-Israel policies of his own party. Tell me, did he demand the resignation of Talib? Did he demand the resignation of Omar? Did he demand the resignation of Ayach? And the other anti-Semite-Jew haters in the Democrat Party? Not once. Not once. I'll be right back. Mark Levin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? 
because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it, too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. This guy, Greenblatt, head of the Anti-Defamation League, has he condemned a single member of the Black Caucus who is close to Farrakhan? Did he condemn James Clyburn and his positive comments about Farrakhan? Did he? No, he didn't. And back in 2017, as our buddy Joel Pollock wrote back then, Greenblatt talks about hate crimes on MSNBC with Al Sharpton. With Al Sharpton, because you see, Al Sharpton's a big, important Democrat, an influential Democrat. Greenblatt had no problem sitting down with Al Sharpton, none whatsoever. And as the media research noted in 2015 on their 20th anniversary of the attack in Crown Heights against Yankel Rosenbaum, Sharpton was one of the main causes of the hatred, which led to firebombing of Freddie's Fashion Mart. He didn't toss the firebomb, of course, but the anti-Semitic and racial bias, which came out of his mouth and out of his mouths of others, while in his presence, produced the massacre, some believe. So this is what you need to understand. Greenblatt has no problem with Al Sharpton. Greenblatt sat down with Al Sharpton, was interviewed by Al Sharpton. MSNBC and NBC have no problem with him. Brian Shelter, uh, Stelter has no problem with him. Neither does that creep Chiat or whatever the hell his name is at New York Magazine. Perfectly fine. Perfectly fine. So, don't take anything this guy says seriously. Not a word. Not a word. When they target hosts on Fox. When they target Fox. This is the left-wing Democrat Marxist mentality. That's what it is. And he can go to hell. I'll be right back. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans 
Receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send Imprimus to you for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit levinforhillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. America's most powerful conservative voice. The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now. 877-381-3811. Is there a single pro-Israel conservative voice that the Anti-Defamation League endorses? Now we have the American Jewish Committee, another left-wing group. And they tweet out the anti-immigrant, anti-Semitic, and white supremacist theory that Tucker Carlson touted is abhorrent and un-American. Fox News should be embarrassed by the hate being espoused on its network. We must call out and fight this extremist rhetoric. And, of course, they link to the idiot from the New York Magazine. Jonathan Chia. All leftists. All leftists. All leftists. Does the New York Magazine denounce the Farrakhan wing of the Democrat Party in the Congressional Black Caucus? Do they object to the fact that Sharpton has a TV show on MSNBC? And he's not alone. He's not alone in the least. Did they attack Barack Obama for his past association with Palestinian radicals? Of course not, Mark. Of course not. See, these character assassins on the left, whatever their religion, whatever their group, they don't give a damn. They're not serious. They went after Trump left and right, hammer and sickle. You would think the anti-defamation league in the American Jewish committee would be supporting Trump. No way. Back pocket of the Democrat Party. And then they quote each other. Hey! Did you hear what Jonathan Chayette had to say? No, and who cares? Whoa! So you have a leftist magazine cited by a left-wing Jewish group, and then you have a left-wing former Obama official at the Anti-Defamation League on with the moron Brian Stelter, who has as his whole life, skull, attacks on Fox. His book sold nothing. Nobody watches the little meathead. But they can do this to anybody. Now, they can use... Marxist claptrap left and right. And they do. They can use Marxist claptrap left and right. Bernie Sanders is a self-hating Jew. Bernie Sanders hates the state of Israel. Repeatedly talks about it being an apartheid state. Always comes to the defense of of the violent radicals, as he does all over the world, by the way. Have any of these groups said, you know what? He's a Marxist. He uses the language of a Marxist. Marx killed 100 million people, at least his theory did. He needs to go. Of course not. Of course not. Well, I'm not putting up with it. Period. Not now, not ever. And I never have. All right, we're going to move on. We've got other things to talk about here, too. 
a lot of other things to talk about here, too. And I want to start with this. We talked briefly about the police officer. The questioners of the police chief in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, it was unbelievable to listen to this. Unbelievable. Cut to, Mr. Producer, go. As I watched the video and listened to the officer's commands, it is my belief that the officer had the intention to deploy their taser, but instead shot Mr. Wright with a single bullet. This appears to me, from what I viewed and the officer's reaction and distress immediately after, that this was an accidental discharge that resulted in the tragic death of Mr. Wright. I've asked the BCA to conduct an independent investigation into the shooting and death. Once they are completed, I expect they will submit their findings, independent of me, to the appropriate authorities, the appropriate attorneys that will, that will look and review this case. I'm also stressing that I do hope for the community to be patient and allow this investigation, criminal investigation, to be completed as thoroughly as possible. Uh-huh. Cut three. What was your decision to issue a dispersal order um, while they were peacefully protesting in front of the uh, police station? What, what led to you to issue a dispersal order and then on the back end of that 10-minute dispersal order, then to issue out uh, CO2 canisters and gas uh, for the crowd? So, See, this is what happens. Any police chief that protects his community or hers, we've seen it. In Seattle, we've seen it in Portland, we've seen it in New York, we've seen it anywhere. It comes under immediate attack. Under immediate attack. Any police chief who defends their buildings or anything comes under immediate attack. Hey, all these people gathering and all the rest. What was it? It's just like in front of the White House in Lafayette Park. Mostly peaceful. No, it's not mostly peaceful. It's mostly violent. Go ahead. Everybody's clear. I was front and, front and center at the protest, at the at the riot. Um, we did not. See now, it wasn't a riot. There wasn't a riot. There was no riot. Now, what's amazing is, Mr. Producer, is twenty small businesses were looted. Did you see that news? There was video. Twenty small businesses were looted, and there were fires. But that's not a riot because the media says it's not a riot. Go ahead. There was. So I was, we were being, the officers that were putting themselves in harm's way were being pelted with frozen cans of pop. They were being pel- pelted with concrete blocks. And yes, we had our helmets on and we had other protections. That's not a riot. That's mostly peaceful. Go ahead. Officer was injured, hit in the head with a brick. Brick. That was a Hennepin County deputy. He was transported to the hospital. So we had to make decisions. We had to disperse the crowd because we. No, no, no. Off. You got to treat it like the Portland courthouse, which was also under attack, wasn't it, Mr. Producer? Attack after attack after attack on the Portland courthouse, the federal courthouse. Insurrections left and right. Insurrections left and right. Go ahead to be harmed. And I've already answered the question, I believe, about your lighting. I know that's a, that's a big deal with you, and I understand that, but I thought I'd explain that myself. So that is, I told you it's my decision, and that's why I made that decision. You made a good decision. Cut four, go. Will you commit to protecting protesters and the people of this city? I, I am committed to protecting the Who are these the reporters? Are they community activists or something? Who, who are they? 
Is this anyway? Go ahead. To the city every day. Peaceful protesters. There you go. There you go. They weren't peaceful pro. They were peaceful protesters. So you have a media now that's fighting with the police chief. One more. Cut five. Go. The VCA is not required it, it, it's not, to conduct the investigation. Okay. You all specifically told them which means we have ultimate authority over what happens and what information is released. So just as the chief released that body camera footage, they're expecting the name of the officer to be released because that is public data. The VCA has no control over that whatsoever. But I will tell you this, um, we have every intent to release that information as quickly as possible. And, and I would, and I, I just leave it at that. We, we don't have, there's no reason or desire uh, to withhold that information any longer than it's absolutely necessary. So can you instruct the chief mm-hmm. to release her name? I won't do that at this moment. Why, this- why are they trying to release the name? Do they want her killed? Do they want her home burned down? What, what is the point? The name will come out in due course. What, what are, who are these reporters? Who are these people? Go ahead. It would be inappropriate. That's the city manager, who, by the way, is African-American. Go ahead. Not inappropriate. What okay. was inappropriate was killing mm-hmm. Dante Wright. Mm-hmm. Under See what I mean? It was inappropriate, and it was a horrible accident, and it's on the video, and they immediately released the video. It doesn't sound like they're covering up anything. But now you have a gaggle of reporters who are piling on here. And you know what? It's these reporters, and in many ways it's the media that are participating in creating enormous violence in this country. And I'm not kidding. And I'm not kidding. They are participating in creating enormous violence in this country. These are not reporters. These are antagonists. That's exactly what they are. They've already drawn a conclusion. So what do you want to do? You want to charge this cop with murder? Is that what you want to do? What do you want to do? And why charge them? Just find them guilty and throw them in prison. Preposterous. Preposterous. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time. Because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty, and they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of constitutional thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.6 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com. There are no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you 
for no cost every month. So start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Visit LevinforHillsdale.com. That's Levin, L-E-V-I-N, for Hillsdale.com. You know, I'm listening to this discussion, this debate on TV about infrastructure. And the Democrats drag us into the world of stupid. So now infrastructure is their entire Marxist left-wing agenda. That's infrastructure. That's infrastructure. Now that's not infrastructure. So they always want to conceal what they're actually doing. They use phony titles on their bills. And they lie about words. Like Clinton is. It depends on what the meaning of is is. Well, it depends on what the meaning of infrastructure is. And so we actually have Republicans who are at the White House, apparently for an hour and 40 minutes today, who are trying to find a middle ground. This Republican Party doesn't have the foggiest idea what's going on. You've got these old bulls at the head of it, and then you have the next tier, which is dumber than the top tier. We are in a fight for our survival if you believe in liberty and faith and family and republicanism. We are in a fight for our survival. And you have Republicans sitting in the Oval Office looking if they can find compromise with Biden. They should be looking to defeat Biden. They should be looking to defeat Schumer. They should be looking to defeat Pelosi and their agenda. They should have a positive, affirmative agenda that they can take to the American people with principles and ideas and policies. They have none of it. They're always playing defense. It doesn't matter how hard left the Democrats go. They always want to compromise. They always want to find something to agree on. Fight them. Beat them. This is the great difference between the Republican Party as an institution and we as constitutional conservatives. Joe Biden just created a commission to destroy the court system. And they're over at the White House trying to figure out if they can agree on infrastructure. Joe Biden has rammed through trillions of dollars now, trillions of dollars now, in profligate spending, which among other things provides money to his political base. And they're over in the White House trying to see if they can come up with compromise on infrastructure. And after this so-called infrastructure bill, they have another infrastructure bill behind that, and probably another infrastructure bill behind that one. Because it has nothing to do with infrastructure. The Republicans don't know how to use the language. They don't know how to create the narrative. They don't know how to position themselves. And this is why you and I are getting killed, because they're supposed to represent us. They're with the White House having a meeting with Biden, who's destroyed the southern border, who's created massive uh, uh, anarchy and chaos on the southern border for both sides of the border. But they want a deal. It's the Republicans who should say, we're not dealing. Come hell or high water, come what may, we're not dealing. We don't deal with tyranny. We don't deal with a Marxist agenda. It's incredible. And even if they get their deal, Biden's coming back for more spending. It doesn't even make any sense. What's the strategy here? All right, we'll spend a trillion dollars. 
I think I heard Kudlow say maybe a trillion dollars. Like, it doesn't mean anything. A trillion dollars, maybe a trillion dollars, we'll just do that. Great. You think that's going to stop them? No, they're going to come right back. Every one of these Republicans should be out there denouncing what's taking place, explaining what's happening to our country. Every single one of them. They have almost half the House. They have half the Senate. And that's exactly what they should be doing. There's no deals to cut with this guy. Even if they get a quote-unquote deal, he's not done. The guy just signed scores of executive orders to destroy this country, whether it's critical race theory or critical gender theory or critical this theory or that theory. He wants massive tax increases, massive regulations. Look at the people he's appointing. Every single commission. He picks the most left-wing nuts he possibly can. The guy he wants in charge of guns at Treasury. It's like picking the biggest nut job you possibly can. The person that had the Civil Rights Division at the Department of Justice. They don't come more racist than her. And, and they want to talk about what? The guy wants to issue executive orders that violate the Second Amendment. And the Republicans want to sit with him and talk to him. It's not that the Democrats are so smart. It's that the Republicans are so stupid. They should be able to take this radical agenda that the Democrats have, part of it already instituted, more that they want to institute. Who cares what labels they put on it and call it what it really is? Start pounding away. But you got marble mouth. As the Republican leader in the Senate. Shut up. It's just shocking to me. You and I, we can discuss this. You and I, we know what the left is doing. You and I know what to call it and how to address it. Why don't they? Why don't they? You know, at the front end, the Republican Party, when it was founded, when it was founded in 1856, It was founded on principles, real, deep, strong principles to eliminate slavery. What is it doing now? I don't know. I hear people say, just get more Republicans in there. I'm not against that if they're going to block the Democrats. I got it. But they have to have a message for the people so in 2022 we can win. In 2024 we can win. And we can advance the cause of liberty and capitalism and a secure border and national security. Something. Give us something. But they don't. I think the Democrat Party and the left are way out of line. They are embracing Marxist ideology. You don't have to embrace it to every little uh, t- uh, crossed T and dotted I. But that's basically what they're doing. It's, uh, it's Bernie Sanders' agenda. They should be able to pick this apart, unravel the damn thing, and ram it down their throats. But they can't for some reason. They're over at the White House trying to figure out how to make a deal on infrastructure. I'll be right back. Here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, 
deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, Wall Street Journal, CEOs plan new push on voting legislation. Companies from PayPal to AMC have signaled they will support joining efforts for voter access, people say. Now, this is the language of propagandists, voter access. What's happening here is these large companies have decided to throw in with the Democrat Party and the neo-Marxists because they believe that's the trajectory and that's where this is going to wind up. They see the Republicans, as I just described. They see what's going on throughout the culture. And they want to be on the side, the winning side, so to speak. They also want to uh, virtue signal that they're, uh, they're, they're down for the resistance. And also, many of these corporate boards are loaded with uh, millennial types, not millennials, but people who've graduated from Ivy League schools and have been relatively brainwashed. This is a piece by Emily Glazer, Chip Cutter, and T. Ping Chen. They needed three people to write this. Dozens of chief executives, we now think it was about 175, and other senior leaders gathered on Zoom this weekend to plot what several said big business should do next about new voting laws underway in Texas and other states. I want you to keep in mind, these are the corporatists that I've talked about for years now. They're out of the closet. Kenneth Chenault the former chief executive of American Express, and Kenneth Frazier, CEO of Merck and Company, urged the leaders to collectively call for greater voting access, according to several people who attended. Greater voting access. Is there not great voter access now? Mr. Producer, would you invite uh, Kenneth Frazier on the program, CEO of Merck and Company? Let's start one at a time. Okay. Mr. Chenault and Frazier warned businesses against dropping the issue and asked CEOs to sign a statement opposing what they view as discriminatory legislation on voting. The new statement could come early this week, the people said, and would build on, a, on that 72 black executives signed last month in the wake of changes to Georgia's voting laws. This is how things get started. This is how things, um, myths and lies are perpetuated. In the Oval Office, the Democrat Party, Major League Baseball, a handful of corporations, they're off to the races. And one reinforces the other. It doesn't matter how big the lie is, it just goes on and on and on. Mr. Chenault told executives on the call that several leaders had signaled they would sign on, including executives at Pepsi-Cola. Well, I'll skip them. PayPal, T. Rowe Price, Hess Corporation, among others, according to the people. PayPal confirmed it has signed the statement. Pepsi Company, T. Rowe Price, and Hess did immediately respond to requests for comments. Also, the leaking helps build momentum for their cause. 
As more companies and their leaders have spoken out on the issue in recent weeks, their stands have drawn the ire of Republican state and federal legislators who say companies are miscasting the matter and shouldn't act as shadow lawmakers. Meanwhile, activists and others have said that the actions leaders are taking aren't strong enough. Let me make a guess for you. That the Democrat Party and their surrogates are working behind the scenes to pressure these corporate executives to sign on. Plenty of companies remain wary of wading into politically charged areas. One executive from a Fortune 100 consumer products company said board members, employees, and vendors are pressing leaders to speak out, but doing so could put a bullseye on the company. See that? Board members, employees, and vendors. Atlanta Falcons owner Arthur Blank, who also owns the Atlanta United soccer team and PGA Tour Superstore, said on the call he believes a large share of fans of the National Football League, Major League Soccer, Professional Golfers Association, want the groups to make their positions known on voting rights, people on the call said. Mr. Blank, a co-founder of Home Depot, also said some fans are expecting the NFL to say more now compared with five years ago. Well, he sounds like a moron. Melody Hobson, the chairwoman of Starbucks Corporation, said on the call that political unrest is bad for business. And executives should work together on voting issues as states consider legislation. And as the trial over George Floyd's killing continues. What does the trial over George Floyd's killing have to do with Republican legislatures tating, taking the process back from the Democrat leftists? This is all about the narrative and positioning. You can see what's going on here. And the media participate in this. So the question of following up to Hobson would have been, what does one have to do with the other? What are you talking about exactly? Do you think 16 and 17-year-olds should be able to register to vote? Do you think voter ID is a problem? I want all of you folks who go to the Atlanta Falcons games or the Atlanta United Soccer Team or PGA Tour Superstore, I want you in every one of those situations to refuse to show ID. Refuse to show ID. And I have a question for Mr. Blank. Well named. Tell me, Mr. Blank, is it hard to get an ID? Is that racist? It's harder to get a credit card, isn't it, Mr. Producer? You have to have credit to get a credit card. And a lot of people don't have good credit, but they have IDs. So when you folks go into the PGA Tour Superstore, or you're at an Atlanta Falcons game, or Atlanta United soccer team game, and you want something to eat, you tell them that presenting a credit card is racist. Why should I present a credit card? Maybe I don't have good credit. Maybe I can't afford it. Maybe I don't want it. I'll bet more white people have credit cards than black people. That's just a guess. I bet I'm right. What does that mean? Does that mean the Atlanta Falcons are owned by a racist? Of course not. This whole thing is stupid. Some leaders spoke out in favor of signing on the new statement, including AMC Entertainment Holdings, Inc. CEO Adam Aron. Well, now you know what theaters to go to and what theaters not to go to. Inclusive Capital Partners and Estee Lauder Company's director, Lynn Forrester de Rothschild. Oh, I'm sure she's down for the revolution. And CyberCore Technology CEO Tina Kun, according to people familiar with the call, others didn't. 
Mr. Aaron, an AMC spokesman, didn't respond to requests for comment. Well, I'll respond. I'll be damned if I'm going to set foot in one of your theaters. See, this is a war, a political war. It's not a race war. That's what the Democrats want it to be. Because they cannot win on the substance. They cannot win on the merits. Most of the people opposed to what these legislatures are doing have no idea what they're doing. And they don't care. Because this is a, not even a resistance now. Now we're in a revolt. And you should respond accordingly. The issue is unlikely to dissipate soon. Of course not, because it works for the Democrats. More than 350 different voting bills are under consideration in dozens of states. According to a tally from the Brennan Center for Justice. The Brennan Center for Justice, named after Justice Brennan, who was a left-wing kook. But they're for justice. How do I know? It's in their title. It's chiseled on their building. And they're a public policy think tank, according to the Wall Street Journal. Not a left-wing think tank, a public policy think tank. Some executives on the call describe some bills as either racist or restrictive, and several participants describe their efforts as critical to, mo- to democracy rather than partisan. Notice nowhere in this article does it show us these racist bills. Does it explain to us that they're racist? They just call them racist. And what is restrictive? Anything short of anybody can vote on election day who wants to, wherever they want to vote, however they want to vote? So anything short of that's restrictive. So anytime we have laws, you're restricted. The Brooklyn Center mayor fired the city manager who called for due process, Mr. Producer. Did you know that? Just happened. They're both African-American. So the Brooklyn Center mayor fired the city manager who called for due process. Unbelievable. Jeffrey Sonnenfeld, a Yale School of Management professor, convened convened the CEO gathering and said, there you go. There you go. It just didn't happen spontaneously. A left-wing professor from Yale was behind it. He said, many corporate leaders are concerned that voting legislation could affect employees or stakeholders. They don't want wedge issues, so they go on. Brad Karp, chairman of law firm Paul Weiss, Rifkin, Wharton, and Garrison. Boy, that's a big uh, business card. Has organized dozens of large law firm leaders to put out a separate statement. So here you go. Putting out statements. Wow. Ford Foundation president. Ford Foundation is now a left-wing operation. Darren Walker, who plans to sign the new statement, said that in his conversations with CEOs, including Republican chief executives, most have said they don't see the need for laws to tighten voter access. Ladies and gentlemen, you're not tightening voter access. You're tightening the laws to ensure that people who are supposed to vote, vote. Why that is a race issue, of course, is only because the Democrats make it a race issue. In fact, I've been thinking a lot about this. You know, the Democrats make everything a race issue. Back during the Confederacy, race issue. Segregation, race issue. Marxism today, race issue. Infrastructure, we have the idiot Secretary of Transportation out there saying that bridges are racist. 
Bridges? Oh, yeah. Bridges are racist. Everything's infrastructure and everything's racist. It's that simple. So the Democrats can't lose. Spend, spend, spend. Everything's infrastructure. And anyone who disagrees with us is racist. It's that simple. Now, notice not one of these CEOs ever, not one of them, prior to the last election, said the existing laws in any of these states were restrictive or racist. You notice that, America? Not one of these phony CEOs at any time said any of these laws were racist or restrictive prior to the last election. But now they are. Why? Because it swept Biden in the office. That's why. It's that simple. It's that simple. No criticism of what took place. None. Corporate America, you have now picked your poison. You picked your medicine and it is poison. You will never be seen the same way by tens of millions of Americans. Those of us who believe in free market capitalism, those of us who believe in market competition, those of us who believe in lower taxes and regulate, I don't care if you're taxed to hell and regulated out of existence. I could care less. I could care less. Because if you care less about my liberty, if you care less about the franchise, that is, those who vote legitimately but have their, have their votes neutralized or eliminated because of somebody voting who shouldn't, you're not worth supporting. You're not worth defending. Not in the least. You also think a lot of these guys and gals are upset because Trump got into these trade wars, particularly with China, to protect our country. To protect our country. And a lot of these guys are sellouts to communist regimes, to fascistic regimes, to monarchies in the Middle East, and of course to communist China. Does Pepsi do business in communist China? Of course it does. How about most of these other companies? If they don't, they want to. There's no question about it. Don't support them anymore. If you can avoid supporting them with your money, avoid it. If you can avoid supporting them, period, avoid it. There's a whole lot of them. So one of the things we're going to need to do down the road, and there is a group that does it. I think it's called Second Vote. We're going to need to look at who these companies are and what they believe in. It's time that we stop playing defense. It's time that we stop playing Washington Republican. Because in the end, if we're going to save this republic, we're going to do it. We the people. I'll be right back. Lovin. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and 6 gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. 
Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. You know, I served in the Reagan administration for eight years. I campaigned for Reagan in 1976 when I was a very young man, and the Republican establishment opposed him. I campaigned for him in 1980 when the Republican establishment opposed him, including the Bush family especially, Karl Rove and the rest. And the media and the Democrats used to call Reagan racist all the time. Man didn't have a racist bone in his body. I have come to know Donald Trump very, very well. That man doesn't have a racist bone in his body. These Republican legislatures who are talked about this way by these CEOs. Let me say this about these CEOs and these companies. It is they who are racist. It is they who turn the other cheek. When it comes to genocide, it is they who don't believe in human rights, given their globalist agenda. It is they who don't care about workers. It is they who are helping to tear this country apart by throwing in with the radical left. It may make them feel better. Most of them, it turns out, and most of their boards happen to be Democrats, I suppose. But in the end... But in the end, they are destroying themselves. They are fools. They are fools. It was Khrushchev who said that in America, the capitalists will sell the rope with which they hang themselves. Something to that effect. And you can see how self-destructive these fools are. If I were the Republicans in Congress, you know, they never listen to me. But if I were the Republicans in Congress, any aspect of the Biden bill that punishes these corporations, let it go. Let it go. Let it go. They made their bed. Fight against the other taxes. Fight like hell. When the Environmental uh, Protection Agency puts some of these companies out of business, when the Agriculture Department puts some of these companies out of business, These other massive bureaucracies put some of these companies out of business? Good. Screw them. Make room for real entrepreneurs and small business people. Make room for people who actually love this country. Not people who want to destroy our voting system. I've got no problem with it. I'm down for that revolution. These are corporatists. That's what they are. They're not patriots. They're not capitalists. They're corporatists. And that's the beginning and the end of it. I'll be right back. Nobody says it better than Mark Levin. I'll go with what Mark Levin said, because nobody could say it better. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Now, I want to talk about Zuckerberg, speaking of Facebook, 
Just the News is a great site by John Solomon. They have a lot of really breaking and informative information on that site. Zuckerberg, his group, gave Detroit $7.4 million to dramatically expand voting in city key to Biden win. I'm going to get into this a little with you, but to me, Zuckerberg should be investigated criminally and civilly for providing in-kind contributions, laundering them through these organizations to influence the election. We cannot have billionaires, particularly billionaires on the left, who are really into this, like Soros and Zuckerberg and the rest, influencing our elections this way. These are the corporatists who are undermining our country. They're undermining our country. They've thrown in with the radical elements of the Democrat Party. Corporations have thrown in with fascists before. They've thrown in with neo-Marxist regimes. And now they're throwing in with the Democrat Party. The Center for Tech and Civic Life's donations to blue strongholds are attracting increased attention and controversy. This is just the news. Uh, The Center for Tech and Civil Life a voter advocacy group funded by Facebook founder Mark Zuckerberg. So he founded this group. Donated $7.4 million last year to Detroit to, among other things, quote, dramatically expand strategic voter education and outreach in a blue city key to Joe Biden's 2020 election when, according to memos obtained by Just the News under an open records request. Solomon's great. Detroit received three grants in 2020 from Zuckerberg's group for $200,000, and $3,724,000, according to the records released under Michigan's Freedom of Information Act. Now, that amount augmented by more than half the city's $13 million election budget. So here you have a billionaire washing his money through a group. Over half of the money going into promoting the election in these sites is from him in strictly Democrat areas of Detroit. Got it? The amount augmented by more than half the city's 13 million election budget and dwarfed it. 6.3 million in grants that the organization gave five Wisconsin cities. A series of donations that has generated accusations that private money was wrongly used to influence state and local election judges and administrators. Hey, I wonder if those over 100, 175 CEOs from these companies are going to object to what Zuckerberg did. What do you think, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, right. The reach of Zuckerberg's money has created a backlash in some GOP states like Georgia and Arizona. Now you know why the CEOs in part are also joining together. They want to be able to use dark money, go through the back door, wash their money through organizations to influence the outcome of these elections. And they want the Democrats to win. You want to know why? Because they don't believe in market competition and free enterprise anymore. They want to buy favor. They want to buy influence. They don't mind big government if big government makes them rich. Phil Klein, head of the nonprofit Amstad Project, which is terrific, which has contested private financing of election administration in several states, said the the Detroit memos show another instance in which Zuckerberg money was allowed to influence a key battleground during the 2020 election. Why some of you are still on Facebook is honestly beyond me. 
The records obtained in Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Michigan show that Zuckerberg monies were used to buy off government officials dictating the manner in which the election was conducted and using government to target Democrat strongholds to turn out the vote for Mr. Biden, Klein said. Such action is wrong, unlawful, and dramatically undermined the integrity of the 2020 election. We must not let a shadow government run our elections to the benefit of favorite candidates and political parties. But apparently 175 CEOs do want to be part of a shadow government that runs our elections. Now, the Zuckerberg front group and state recipients of money have defended the grant, saying the money helped carry out an election made more difficult by the pandemic. Yeah, right. That's why it's only in the inner cities and Democrat areas. Election officials across the country not only reinvented their procedures so that voters could remain safe, they said, but they also went above and beyond to ensure accessibility by voters with disabilities in historically disenfranchised communities, said the Zuckerberg Front Group. Zuckerberg's Front Group's grant money to Detroit was shrouded in secrecy, with city officials declining initial requests to identify how and where the money was spent, prompting just the news to file the FOIA request. The records obtained late last week show the city received three tranches of money. The $200,000 grant, according to the Zuckerberg Front Group, was, quote, used exclusively for the public purpose of planning and operationalizing safe and secure election administration in the city of Detroit. What about the rest of Michigan? Now, that second grant, $3,512,000, they said the objective of the grant is to ensure safe election day voting and dramatically expand strategic voter education and outreach efforts. I'm quoting, the funding allotted to the department will be utilized to provide assistance to voters, and it goes on. Now, what about that massive third grant, $3.7 million? Detroit set aside $2.7 million, quote, to increase pay for 8,000 poll workers, $961,000 for increasing pay for election staff working or at the receiving verification boards, and $350,000 to procure an additional 10 high-speed ballot counting machines for the absentee ballot operation. Now, the $2.7 million set aside for 8,000 poll workers on Election Day, assuming a 13-hour workday, according to the Detroit City Clerk, comes out to about $26 an hour. In November, Just the News reported Detroit had also approved a $1 million contract with William A. Phillips staffing for PIE Management LLC to hire up to 2,000 workers to work the polls and staff the ballot counting machines. That paid workers at least $50 an hour. In other words, there's a massive influx of money to get out the vote in the Democrat communities in these cities and to tell the public officials that if you want the money and you want the help, you have to do what I, Mark Zuckerberg, tell you to do. Now think about that. Now this has spurred some controversies in Green Bay, Wisconsin where newly released documents show a total of $1.6 million in grant funding from the Zuckerberg Front Group. In other words, what Zuckerberg and his front group did, ladies and gentlemen, they went into these battleground states, and then they went into the most Democrat areas of the battleground states. They poured $400 million into these areas overall, telling the local officials, we're going to give you money, we're going to help you get out the vote. But we need to wash it through the front group 
We're going to give it as a grant, make it sound like a, uh, a public service, just in these Democrat areas, you see. And that's what Zuckerberg did. He should be under investigation. This whole scheme should be under investigation. We cannot have a, uh, a, a fascistic company like Facebook. And now you know why they're wiping out conservatives and silencing conservatives and silencing opposition. We cannot have a fascistic company that censors free speech like Facebook, not only making billions and billions and billions of dollars off your backs because you don't know what they're doing with your private information and you have no say in it, but now they just influence the election cycle in a massive way and they're being joined by these other companies. So Zuckerberg and Facebook need to come under investigation. They need to be sued. Whatever it takes needs to be thrown at this company because this company influenced the last election. Now, can you imagine if Exxon or back 100 years ago, Standard Oil had done exactly the same thing? Wouldn't there be demands for all kinds of investigations, all kinds of new laws? Not by the Democrats, because the Democrats have gone autocratic. They're perfectly happy with Zuckerberg doing what he's doing. But anybody with actual integrity? No. Zuckerberg and Facebook. They're your enemy now. Not your adversary. They've attacked free speech. I'm not talking about the First Amendment. I said free speech. They've attacked the the sharing of actual knowledge with your fellow citizens. They've lured you onto their site. Some people have built businesses on the site. They're scared to death to step out of line. So in effect, they're threatened. They've made billions of dollars off your backs without you even knowing. And now, secretly, you didn't know any of this before the election. Secretly, $400 million, give or take used in the election to get out the Democrat Party vote in the most Democrat areas in these battleground states. Imagine what these other corporations are doing. I'll be right back. Over 2,000 of you, my listeners, made the switch from overpriced wireless carriers to Pure Talk over the past few months. We want the rest of you to join us and to see what we're talking about. If you're with AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, your family could save over $800 a year just by switching to Pure Talk. You get great coverage, you can keep your phone and your number, and you'll save a fortune. Pure Talk is the top-rated wireless company by Consumer Affairs with the absolute best consumer service team based right here in America. Does that sound good? Well, it gets better. Right now, get unlimited talk, text, and six gigs of data, just $30 a month. And if you go over on data, they don't charge you for it. They don't care. Go to puretalkusa.com. And enter promo code Levin Podcast. Again, puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin, L E V I N Podcast. And when you do, you'll save 50% off your first month. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. Pure Talk USA, simply smarter wireless. After the top of the hour, I'm going to tell you a little story. Some of you know it. Some of you don't. About John Adams. 
in the Boston Massacre. And what does that have to do with anything today? What does it have to do with anything today? I will tell you. Because when the African-American mayor of Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, fires the African-American city manager, because the city manager says we must have due process, you can see how politics, how politics snuffs justice. Snuffs justice. So the media are inflaming the situation in Brooklyn Center. You heard some of the phony reporters. They're inflaming the situation now. Black Lives Matter is on the scene. No doubt others as well. In what appears to be from the video, an accidental shooting uh, by a police officer of a young black man. And you could also hear a yelling out he has a warrant for having an illegal gun in the past. And also, uh, while one officer was putting cuffs on him, he fought. And and what was he doing, Mr. Trying to get back into his car, right? So they had to worry about what was happening. And the police officer who wound up shotting him, it was pretty clear from the video she intended to tase him. Can we play cut one again, Mr. Producer, please? Here we go. And there she knew her life would change forever as the individual was killed. And his life is over. A horrific tragedy. And I want to do what I consider a public service announcement. When you are stopped by a police officer, I don't care who you are. You do what they ask you to do. They don't know you. They don't know what you're capable of. They're going to see if you have any outstanding warrants, what this gentleman did, for an illegal gun possession. Because otherwise, you could wind up dead or severely injured. This, it's clear that this female police officer knew that the body cam was on. Because she yelled out several times, Taser, I'm going to tase you, tase you, taser, 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 taser. But they had lost control of the gentleman who went into the car, and I guess they had no idea what he was going into the car for, and she was intending to tase him, but she shot him. And... The video with George Floyd tells us one thing. This video tells us another thing. And I'm saying that if people riot tonight, they should be rounded up and thrown into jail. And the book should be thrown at them. And the book should be thrown at them. The demagogues, ladies and gentlemen, the demagogues in our country, whether they're on television, whether they're politicians, whether they're in sports or sportscasters, The demagogues in our country will demagogue this as they demagogue everything. But every case is not the same. Every fact situation is not the same. Every video is not the same. It's that simple. And yet, in some cases, it's that tragic. And so, 
the mayor of Brooklyn Center firing the city manager for saying that we must have due process is really shocking. And it reminds me of John Adams. And it reminds me of something I want to tell you after the top of the hour about John Adams. We'll be right back. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, America. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877 877-381-3811. If an individual is accused of murdering scores of people in our country, they still have due process under our constitutions, federal and state. We have a jury system. How many times have we heard people say, people say, don't be so quick to draw a conclusion of a jury system. We have a, a justice system. Now, the problem is we have some mouthpieces in this country who play the game, heads I win, tails you lose. The jury system, the judicial system, that is justice is okay if we win. It is racist if we lose. Or it is bigoted if we lose. Or it is whatever if we lose. And that's what's happening today. We have literal mobs forming outside courthouses and police stations. Literal mobs. Who are egged on. Who are egged on by the media. Who are egged on by athletes. Who are egged on by corporations. Who are egged on by Black Lives Matter. By Antifa. By others. Which is why I want to tell you about John Adams. John Adams of Massachusetts. Never owned a slave, by the way. Our friends from Thought Company. John Adams believed that the rule of law should be paramount. And that the British soldiers involved in the Boston Massacre deserved a fair trial. The city manager of Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, a black man, said exactly the same thing. And he was fired by the mayor, another black man, because the mayor is a politician, a political hack. The city manager believes in the justice system. So what happened here? On March 5, 1770, a small gathering of colonists in Boston were tormenting British soldiers. Unlike normal, the taunting on this day led to an escalation of hostilities. 
There was a sentry standing in front of the custom house who talked back to the colonists. More colonists then arrived on the scene. In fact, the church bells began ringing, which led to even more colonists arriving on the scene. Church bells were typically rung in cases of fire. Captain Preston and a detachment of seven or eight soldiers were surrounded by Boston citizens who were angry and taunting them. Attempts to calm the gathered citizens were useless. At this point, something happened that caused a soldier to fire their musket into the crowd. Soldiers, including Captain Prescott, claimed the crowd had heavy clubs, sticks, and fireballs. Prescott said that the soldier who shot first was hit by a stick. Just like with any confusing public event, a number of disparate accounts were given about the actual chain of events. What is known is that after the first shot, more followed. In the aftermath, several people were wounded and five were dead, including an African-American named Crispus Attucks. John Adams led the defense team. He received the knock on the door. The British said, we cannot find anybody to defend us. And Adams said he would. Because he believed in the rule of law and he believed in due process, come what may. And he was assisted by Josiah Quincy. They faced off against the prosecutor, Samuel Quincy, Josiah's brother. They waited seven months to start the trial in order to let the Fuhrer die down. But in the meantime, the Sons of Liberty. Anybody know who led the Sons of Liberty? Another Adams. Samuel Adams, a tremendous patriot and a cousin of John Adams. The Sons of Liberty had started a major propaganda effort against the British. Now. This six-day trial, quite long for its time, was held in late October. Preston pleaded not guilty, and his defense team called witnesses to show who actually yelled the word fire. This was central to proving whether Preston was guilty. The witnesses contradicted themselves and each other. The jury was sequestered, and after deliberating, they acquitted Prescott, excuse me, Preston, They used the basis of reasonable doubt, as there was no proof he actually did order his men to fire. Now the verdict's effect was huge, as the leaders of the rebellion used it as further proof of Great Britain's tyranny. Paul Revere created his famous engraving of the event that he titled The Bloody Massacre Perpetrated in King Street. The Boston Massacre is often pointed to as an event that presaged the Revolutionary War. The event soon became a rallying cry for the Patriots. While John Adams' actions made him unpopular with the Patriots in Boston for several months, he was able to overcome this stigma due to his stance that he defended the British through principle rather than sympathy for their cause. Principle. The city manager at Brooklyn Center stood for the principle of due process. Every single person in Brooklyn City who was arrested last night for rioting 
and everyone who will be arrested tonight, should they riot, will be given due process. Due process. Every one of you who's ever confronted criminally will be given due process. And all kinds of due process. You have a right to a lawyer. You have a right to remain silent. You have a right to an appeal. You have a right to another appeal. You have a right to the evidence that the prosecution has. You have a right to conduct discovery. You have a right to cross-examine witnesses and call witnesses. You have a right to have input on who the jurors should be. It's the greatest justice system the world has ever created. So why shouldn't it apply to police officers? And this particular officer, where the video shows something very, very different. Very, very different. It shows an accident. A terrible accident. That resulted in the death of this young man. It shows the young man being cuffed, initially going along with the directives of the police. And then she yells out that there's a warrant for possessing an illegal gun. Then he pulls away from that particular officer and gets into the car. Obviously, they don't know what's going on in the car. The female officer runs up and says, taser. Taser, taser, multiple times. She knows the videos are running, the body cams. And she's warning him. And she pulls out a weapon and shoots him. And says, oh, S. I shot him. Because she thought she was reaching for her taser. That's what we see on the video. There will be an investigation and all the rest. But already the people questioning the police chief and the city manager were demanding her head. We want her name. We want her name. Why are you covering up? Well, we just released the video. We can't give the name yet. Why can't we have the name? The reason is obvious. Because they don't want the mob killing her. They don't want her house firebombed. They need to protect her. And most of their resources and assets are trying to protect the police station. Which is why last night about 20 businesses were looted in the community. 20 businesses. And there were fires as well. Due process. It's in our Constitution for a reason. It's to protect individuals from the mob. Among other things. And when the mayor of Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, fired the city manager for saying that we need to ensure the police officer receives due process, he became part of the mob. And if you watch ESPN 1, 2, 3, or 17 tomorrow and you hear broadcasters 
former athletes, present athletes, speaking like the mayor of Brooklyn Center, then you know they're part of the mob. That they don't believe in due process. Particularly in this specific instance, with the videos quite different than other videos. What is it that that mob wants? Do they want justice? No. Well, what do they want? What do they want? I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. So what's happening in our country is by racializing everything, we're being torn to pieces. Our constitution's being trampled on, rationalities being rejected, and the mob is in charge. The mob doesn't have any particular racial identity, it's of all races. But the mob's in charge. And this is a huge problem. We have an autocrat in the Oval Office who plays the mob, who uses the mob. You notice the Democrat Party during last summer's riots, there was overlap between the Democrat Party and the mob and the rioting and the violence, which is why they couldn't, in clear, plain English, condemn it, certainly not more than in one passing half sentence. That's what's taking place. This show goes way too fast. I could easily do five hours a day, not that all of you would listen, so I want to move on. I want to move on to Joe Biden and this whole court packing issue. The fact that there is a discussion about court packing is intended at a minimum to threaten the Supreme Court. So John Roberts, they know, is a coward and he's gone Hollywood. And so he doesn't want to do anything to upset uh, the, uh, the, the Democrat Party and their surrogates. He actually voted with the three leftists who stand shoulder to shoulder that uh, when California was preventing people of faith from actually meeting in their own private homes in certain numbers, uh, that they weren't really violating anything. It wasn't any different than what the other people were doing on a secular perspective and so forth. And the majority said, that's not true. Clearly it is. The majority was five. So when people say there's six conservatives on the court, first of all, they don't know what they're talking about. Secondly, they're not conservatives. They're constitutionalists. It's not a political interpretation. 
It's a constitutional interpretation. But Roberts voted with the other three. And it's not the first time. This has to be the third, fourth, fifth time the Supreme Court has told California to cut it out, to leave people of faith alone, and that they have a right to associate, particularly around their religious views. Five to four. You know what that is? That is religious liberty hanging by a thread. By a thread. By a thread. But that thread's too much for the Democrats. They want to pack the court. And so they're threatening the court effectively, aren't they? Here was Joe Biden in 2005. Joe Biden in 2005. Cut six, go. The Senate as an institution stood against the executive overreaching in his own party. The Senate again stood firm in 37 in the court packing attempt. This particular example, the Senate's resolve is instructive to today's debates. So let me describe it in some detail. In the summer of 37, Roosevelt had just come off a landslide victory over Alf Landon. He had a Congress made up of solid New Dealers. But the nine old men of the court were thwarting his agenda. In this environment, Roosevelt, and remember this old adage about power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely, corrupted by power, in my view, unveiled his court-packing plan. He wanted to increase the number of justices to 15, allowing himself to nominate those additional judges. He took an act of courage in the part of his own party institutionally to stand up against this power grab. Mm-hmm. What a, what a, what a chameleon this guy is. What a disgrace this guy is. Mr. Producer, when did Oprah Winfrey begin these long-form interviews? Me too. Me too. I don't watch her, but apparently she's doing them now. I've started a little, uh, little cottage industry, I think. Here's Joe Biden, CNN, 2019. Go. The idea that somehow we have decided that our system doesn't work anymore, which I'm hearing some of them saying, that we're going to, you know, pack the courts, we're going to fundamentally change the way, I'm going to do what Trump did, you know. If we take control, I'm going to go in there and I'm just going to buy executive order. What are we talking about? That's just a year and a half ago. How much time do I have? And then here's Harry Reid on CNN Saturday. Jim Acosta. Cut eight, go. Where do you stand on that? Do you think it's a good idea to add seats to the Supreme Court? I think it's, we should be very, very careful in doing so. I have no problem with the commission. But I think that the commission uh, is going to come back and disappoint a lot of people because I think they're going to come back and say, we should just kind of leave it alone. I think it would be inappropriate at this time after that long history of that in the country, have term limits for judges. Uh, I think that we better be very, very careful in saying that uh, we need to expand the Supreme Court. I think we better be very, very careful. And Acosta is, like, stunned. He thought he brought Reed on here to be a hand puppet. Go ahead. Former Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid, I think some people might be surprised to hear you say that because uh, you were you were definitely a fighter when you were in the Senate and, and like to take it to the other side. But it sounds like you're urging caution uh, moving forward in that well, regard, uh, Senator Reid. Let, let me just say one. Let me say one thing. Yeah. The filibuster is on its way out. It's not a question if; it's a question when. You cannot have a democracy that takes 60 percent of the vote. And so, 
It's only a question of time till a filibuster. Gives with one hand, takes with the other. We don't have a democracy, you idiot. That's why there's two senators from every state. That's not a democracy. It's a representative republic. But you can't have a democracy with 60% of the vote. Yeah, well, you can't have a republic if you take it away. And that's what they want to do. Take our republic away. I'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. Mark Levin, the voice of America. Dial in now at 877-381-3811. You're going to have to shoot that to me, Mr. Producer. All right. Now, we linked to this, or started to link to it over the weekend when it first broke, and I wanted to discuss this more broadly with you. It's a funny thing about Marxists. They don't really want to live the life they wish to impose on the rest of us. You see that throughout Marxist countries and so forth. Here from the New York Post, and it's not the first place I read this. I read this, I believe it was uh, post-millennial first, but it doesn't matter. Inside BLM co-founder Patrice Khan Cullors, million-dollar real estate buying binge. This is the woman who announced that she's a Marxist. As protests broke out across the country in the name of Black Lives Matter, writes the New York Post, the group's co-founder went on a real estate buying binge, snagging four high-end homes for $3.2 million. Sounds like Biden. In the U.S. alone, according to property records, Patrice Khan Colliers, 37, also eyed property in the Bahamas at an ultra-exclusive resort where Justin Timberlake and Tiger Woods both have homes. The Post has learned... I'm sure this will be all over TV tomorrow, all over sports. Luxury apartments and townhouses at the beachfront Albany Resort outside Nassau are priced between 5 and $20 million, according to a local agent. Now, the self-described Marxist last month purchased a $1.4 million home on a secluded road, a short drive from Malibu in L.A., according to a report. I mentioned this uh, Friday, actually, on the air. The 2,370-square-foot property features soaring ceilings, skylights, and plenty of windows with canyon views. The Topanga Canyon Homestead, which includes two houses on a quarter acre, is just one of three homes that she owns in the L.A. area, public records show. Now, that I didn't know. Some fellow activists were taken aback by the real estate revelations. Hawk Newsom, 
the head of Black Lives Matter at Greater New York City, this guy's a real loser, called for an independent investigation to find out how the global network spends its money. Remember, this is the guy that said, we're going to burn the city down. If you go around calling yourself a socialist, you have to ask how much of our own personal money is going to charitable causes, he said. No, the first question you ask Nimrod, where did she get the money from? It's really sad because it makes people doubt the validity of the movement and overlook the fact that it's the people that carry this movement. Last year, she and spouse Kanya Khan ventured to Georgia to acquire a fourth home, a custom ranch on 3.2 rural acres in Conyers, featuring a private airplane hangar with a studio apartment above it and the use of a 2,500-foot paved grass community runway that can accommodate small airplanes. Wow. The three-bedroom, two-bath house, about 30 minutes from Atlanta, has an indoor swimming pool and a separate RV shop that can accommodate the repair of a mobile home or small aircraft, according to the real estate listing. The Peach State retreat was purchased in January 2020 for 415000 two years after the publication of her best-selling memoir, When They Call You a Terrorist. No, now we call you a capitalist pig. In October, the activists signed a multi-platform deal with Warner Brothers Television Group to help produce content for black voices who have been historically marginalized, quote-unquote, she said in a statement. Now, it's not known how much Con Colliers received in compensation in either deal. Con Colliers began her buying spree in L.A. in 2016. A few years after the civil rights movement, she started from a hashtag, Black Lives Matter, with fellow activists Alicia Garza and Opai Tometi began to gain traction around the world. That year, she bought a three-bedroom, 1.5-bathroom home in Inglewood for 510000 It's now worth 800000 Con Conkires added her wife, the co-founder of Black Lives Matter in Canada, to the deed in a family trust last year. The couple married in 2016. Two years later, 2018, she purchased a four-bedroom home in South L.A., a multi-ethnic neighborhood, she paid 590000 for the 1725 Wow, she's got so many homes I can't keep track, Mr. Producer. She's worth millions, ladies and gentlemen, millions. Like most Marxists are, who are the so-called leaders of these movements. Xi owns everything in China. He can take whatever he wants. Maduro has already done that in Venezuela. The Castros, they plundered their own country. The Marxists slash fascists, Abbas and his family plundered the Palestinian people. The Hamas leadership have plundered their people. Plunder, impoverishment. What is it about this ideology of Marxism that draws people to it? One day I'll explain it in a lot more detail. Not today. Just know that she's a fraud. Donations and pledges from corporations and individuals poured into the movement at that that point during the riots. In February, the BLM nonprofit co-founded by her told the AP that they took in $90 million in 2020, with $21.7 million committed to grant funding and helping 30 black-led groups across the country. But to remember, at the time, we said, well, what's going to happen to the other $70 million? 
Black Lives Matter leaders would not specify how much money they took in from prominent donors, according to the AP. What a bunch of suckers. Now they gave all this money to Black Lives Matter, and obviously this woman paid herself an enormous salary, and obviously Hollywood paid her a lot of money. It's also not clear how much she makes in salaries, one of the leaders of the movement, since its finances are split among both nonprofit and for profit entities and difficult to trade. What's all the secrecy? Why all the secrecy? The nonprofit Oakland, California based BLM Global Network Foundation, founded by Colliers and somebody by the name of Kali Scales, that was incorporated in 2017. She's getting good legal and tax advice. And claims to have chapters throughout the U.S., the U.K., Canada, and a mission to eradicate white supremacy and build power. Now, this community in uh, California where she just bought this house, I believe it's 4.7% black, Mr. Producer. Kind of like LeBron's community. Down for the revolution. Neither con colliers nor blm global network foundation return requests for comments well what can they say guilty now the question is whether there will be an an investigation of her maybe the manhattan district attorney who's a complete slime ball maybe vance jr will look into this and by the way on that as a footnote and an important one let me tell you what this piece of crap's doing in Manhattan. This Democrat elected DA. He's taking the, uh, the CEO who oversees most of Trump's properties, who also worked for Trump's father, and he's threatening him. He's trying to put the pinch on this guy to give him anything he can on Trump. Remember, Trump's taxes are, I assume, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of pages in length. And they're also putting the arm on one of the former, I think the former wife of Don Jr. or somebody like that. I read it so fast in passing, I apologize. And so this is really low-life stuff, really low-life stuff to go after an ex-president, to go after his businesses. The IRS is free to audit him and has been auditing him and hasn't taken any actions against him, certainly not of a criminal nature. Mueller had access to all his taxes, if he wanted them. And now we have a local district attorney, thanks to that Supreme Court again, rummaging through Trump's taxes, looking to destroy him. And when you own all the businesses he does, and you have all the credit and debt, and all the uh, investment activities, and all the rest of it going on, somebody wants to dig hard enough, I assume they can find something And if you're that kind of a DA, I assume you will take that something which may not rise to the level of a prosecutable issue and try and turn it into one. That's what's going on. He's also working with Michael Cohen. This is why you're furious. The Democrat Party is a tyrannical entity. It always has been. It always has been. And yet it has so many people fooled, it's unbelievable. They're good at lies, they're good at demagoguery, they're good at propaganda. That's what they do. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. 
AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine, full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. Wow. Apple's going to move its new film out of Georgia. As Wright Scoop points out, guess why? You know what? This jerk Smith and Apple should have their asses kicked out of Georgia because they subsidized the genocidal killing machine in communist China. There's not another person in Georgia, let alone a Republican state representative or the governor, whoever gave aid and comfort to a genocidal regime in Red China. Apple should be, quote-unquote, persona non grata. Same with this jackass CEO in every Republican state. Throw their asses out. Excuse my French. Time to fight fire with fire, for crying out loud. And by the way, I want to thank the Bongino Report. I want to thank a Right Scoop. I want to thank Legal Insurrection, all of which have in some way linked to my monologue at the opening of Life, Liberty, and Levin last night. I hope you enjoyed it as well. And we will put it up there. Mr. Producer, we should put it up on the home base, too. All right, it's on Rumble, it's on Parlor, and it is on MarkLevinShow.com. I hope you'll take a listen if you didn't hear it live. San Francisco, ladies and gentlemen, used to be the most beautiful city. It really was. But then they... The radical Marxist left took it over. Nancy Pelosi's been running that place for almost 40 years. Almost 40 years. And as they point out, Blaze Media, a great many San Franciscan residents moved out of the city over the last two years, with a significant number of them heading to more conservative localities in Florida and Texas, new data shows. God forbid if they vote Democrat, they should be banned. Of all the major U.S. cities, the home to Democrat House Speaker Nancy Pelosi topped the charts for losing the most residents in 2019 and 2020. According to a study conducted by CBRE, Cebra Group, a Dallas-based commercial realty firm, the study found that in 2020, a whopping 18 residents per 1,000 left the city, doubling 2019's rate of 9 residents per 1,000. The mass exodus from San Francisco was clearly part of a trend over the last couple of years, as several other liberal metropolitan areas, such as New York City and Boston and Seattle, followed right behind. Business Insider noted that while the bulk of residents exiting San Francisco ended up in, 
in other areas of California, like Sacramento. A sizable portion of them ended up across the country in redder states, like Florida and Texas. Now, the Seabrook Group, which made its analysis off of USPS records obtained through a Freedom of Information Act request, claimed that COVID-19 pandemic greatly accelerated migration trends in coastal and sunbelt markets. Now, why would that matter? It mattered because these were the most totalitarian of the cities and the areas in the country. Remember that song, California, Here We Come? Remember that song, Mr. Producer? Well, now it's, nobody sings it anymore. Remember everybody said, go to California, you want to make your fortune. Go to California, you want to be a writer, an actress, an artist. Go to California. Now they say, get the hell out of here as fast as you can. That's what one party Democrat party rule does. That's what Mark Zuckerberg wants to do to the country. That's what this clown at Apple wants to do to the country and all these other corporatists. They have their private jets. They're worth fortunes. They'll fly here and there. They can avoid anything. You can't. They are now the enemy. No longer to be defended. They don't defend capitalism. They don't defend voter integrity. They've lined up with the most radical Democrat party in American history. The most left-wing Democrat party in American history. And that's who they signed up with? Well, so be it. We're going to defend our liberty, our family, our faith, our private property rights, our sovereignty, our children, and our grandchildren. And they lined up with the wrong team. That's correct. These multinational corporations, they're happy doing business with anyone, anywhere. They don't have a moral bone in their body as they're all lined up to do business in communist China. Sickening. Sickening. People ask, how did this happen in the 1930s? You're watching it. You're watching it. The New York Times, silent. The Washington Post, silent. Corporations, it didn't matter. They just wanted to make their bread. That's it. The only true morality is among us, quite frankly. All right. Told you I can go for five hours. Five, make it six. Six, make it ten. Ladies and gentlemen, we salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Thank you all for being there. Trust me, I know I'm blessed. I really am to have you out there. And I will see you tomorrow. God bless you.